As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Hello and welcome to 5000 to 1, the Leicester City podcast from The Athletic. I'm Rob Tanner. Joining me, as always, a man who would much rather be stomping on the wooden floor of the Buffoni Italian to the sounds of One Step Beyond in <laughs> Leicester City Centre, arm in arm with Jerry Taggart, then stuck at home recording a podcast. It's former Leicester City captain Matt Elliott. How are you? <laughs> I'm OK, thank you very much. I'm, uh, I'm caught out yet again by producer Joel's Joel. research there. Oh, what an effort that is, pulling that one out of the woodwork. But uh, again, he's got it pretty much bang on. I love my times dancing to One Step Beyond at Buffonis. Not necessarily arm in arm with Jerry Taggart, though. (laughs) (laughs) Bit of a madness fan then, were you, Matt? Yeah, yeah, still am, still am. But back to my uh, teenage days, really, being being a madness stroke scar in general. Fan and uh, back the rude boy days, it was with the braces and the tonics and the Fred Perry's and the pork pie hats and the loafers. <laughs> I don't know if you, I don't know if you got that sort of fashion in Birmingham where you're from, Rob. But, well, um, actually, my first ever album that somebody bought me for Christmas, my first proper album, was absolutely by Madness. And, and, and yeah, and I, and I loved all that stuff um, back in the day. I mean, I'm a bit younger than you, Matt, but yeah. uh, it was it was all new to me then. Yeah, no, there was one particular time, me and Jerry and a few mates of mine. We got some tickets to uh, the NEC to go and watch Madness. And a very long story short, um, you know, we ended up having a bit of a raucous time. We snuck down to the front in the mosh pit, etc. And I saw something not so long ago on social media on Twitter. And the theme was, have you ever seen a, a professional footballer at a concert? And someone piped up and said, I saw Matt Elliott dancing with a, a yellow leather jacket, which I, sadly... Uh, I have to admit, I did have on, uh, <laughs> d- doing the pogo in the mosh pit at the NEC watching Madness, bouncing alongside Jerry Taggart. And, uh, and apparently one of them was an Aston Villa fan and he was going to come over and call me a few names. He decided not to when he saw Tag standing behind me. <laughs> <laughs> a yellow leather jacket. Yeah. Don't, what? 
just don't ask anymore. It, it turned brown with sweat throughout the evening. <laughs> so I could just about get away with it. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, we're going to talk about Leicester City's defeat to champions in waiting, Man City. Uh, we're going to preview a massive weekend um, against West Ham United. The massive game in terms of uh, Champions League qualification. Reflect on uh, the women's team's fantastic championship title success. And uh, we'll also talk a few other little things as well uh, as uh, as the podcast progresses. But before we get going, right now, you can subscribe to The Athletic for a special price of £3.99 a month for six months. That's 40% off the full price of a subscription. You'll enjoy great analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around, as well as ad-free versions of all our podcasts. So go to theathletic.com forward slash Leicester pod to take advantage of this special 40% discount. That's theathletic.com forward slash Leicester pod. Now, Matt, Man City, um, obviously there was no repeat of the 5-2 success at the Etihad early in the season. It was a very different beast from Manchester this yeah. time, wasn't it? I mean, I, I think they were absolutely stung by that defeat earlier in, in September and uh, uh, they came very much well on top of their game because uh, although it was a very convincing 2-0 win for the visitors, I actually didn't think Leicester played that badly. They just came up against a side that were absolutely on it from the first whistle to the last uh, on the day and, and they're certainly going to romp to the title this season. They were so impressive. Kevin De Bruyne, I know he's a bit of a, a big baby at the end when he had his hair ruffled by Wilfred Ndidi but um, <laughs> he absolutely ran the show as well and um, what an impressive performance from them and and I think really Leicester can't get too down and ref- and spend too much time wallowing over that defeat because they were just up against a better team. Yeah, no, I don't think they will, Rob, either. They'll recognise and sort of understand why things happened as they did at the weekend. I think there were, there were one or two points that Leicester could look at. And, you know, we're all hoping that Leicester get another opportunity to come up against possibly Man City uh, later on in this season. And I'm talking <clears> about... Um, the chances of an FA Cup final appearance and Man City obviously got Chelsea in the semi, um, you know, could well be there waiting for them. And I think, I think I agree with you. I don't think Leicester were that bad. Man City were imperious, but I also think Brendan would have got a few tips on how not to play against them. Really. I think, mm. um, I, I know Leicester played with a back three in the Etihad game and winning five, two, etc. But um, at the top of the pitch in the attacking areas, it was it was a lot different. There was no natural width, was there? And there was no way of really preventing Man City just coming at them wave after wave after wave. And it looked ominous from the start. In fact, it looked ominous from before the start when the team sheet came out. <laughs> and uh, I suppose it, it was slightly foolish, you know, to think that there might be a you know, perhaps a slightly weakened Man Man City team. But even when they were resting, six or seven regular starters, mainly because of international duty, the lineup was ridiculous. Like Aguero coming in and Jesus, who's, I think he's underrated, to be honest. Um, okay, not playing a central role, but right throughout that team, it just oozed quality, didn't it? Mares, De Bruyne, and then, you know, a bit of solidity with... Fernandinho and Rodri, Man City have, have learnt their lesson against Leicester, haven't they? And it was it was as comfortable as a two 0 away victory can be, wasn't it? In truth, but I just think Leicester might look to to sort of you know, quell the, the 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 space that the fullbacks had or that Man City had out wide because it, 
it was relentless, wasn't it? It was relentless, and eventually something was going to give way, and it did. Well, the fact that they could bring Raheem Sterling off the bench as well uh, late on. Yeah. I mean, that's, that side uh, was put together for over 500 million uh, was spent on that. And, and Brendan was asked after the game um, about how well, how far do Leicester have to go um, to be up there competing with the likes of Man City on a level playing field. And he said, well, give me 500 million quid and perhaps we could speed it up sort of thing. But yeah. uh, it certainly just shows that, you know, you need that investment now. A piece I did after the game was looking at Leicester City's attacking options. Um, obviously, they had a few uh, out injured. Harvey Barnes still missing, but they're still looking for to bring in a few a bit more quality in the final third for next season. We know that they're, they're doing that. The work is underway uh, trying to do that. But one player that I picked out that I thought didn't have a bad game at all, and I thought he, he was quite impressive. Really, and he's playing in a more central role, which seems to suit him better but it did seem to provoke a reaction from fans as well who thought complete opposite that he was absolutely rubbish and that was Jose Perez now I thought he did I thought he found space very well he was turning he was looking like he was a bit of a threat they didn't have a lot of, of possession uh, in the final third and they when they did get it they didn't really do enough of it but I thought Perez was still uh, still a threat to the Man City back four yeah I'd go along with, with largely what you say there I think I think there were a couple of sort of weakish moments, soft moments, and he, he wasn't alone in that, in conceding and turning over possession in the earlier stages of the game. And, it, you know, it looked a bit ominous. But then I think as the game went on, he showed some nice touches. He say he picked up some good positions, got himself out of trouble with his technique at times. Doesn't have that explosiveness to sort of get away from players, but... The problem was, I thought he, he, he did well a number of times because he was closed down. They, they pressurise you so quickly, don't they, Man City? You know, right throughout the team. Um, he wriggled out of situations but and then sort of had a touch, got his head up, sometimes tried to force the pass. But that was mainly because if you get past Rodri, Fernandinho's snapping away at you or vice versa. And even if you were to get past both of those, you know, someone else is tracking back who you don't expect. And, you know, De Bruyne works harder than he's given credit for. It, it's so hard but to play against Man City when they're in that vein of form. And like, even from the back, Leicester had to play superbly well just to maintain possession <laughs> uh, you know, rather than opening up um, Man City defensively, you know, carving out situations. That was... they Well, those situations were far... Few and far between, weren't they? And uh, yeah, I, I thought Perez did okay. Did okay. I, I think as well he had to drop into from that number ten position into a midfield three to try and stem the flow a touch, and that's not his natural game. So it, it, it was difficult. It was difficult for Perez and Leicester in general. But yeah, I think any criticism coming Perez's way on the back of that performance on Saturday was a little bit harsh, to say the least. Well, a player that was absent uh, that didn't help Leicester's cause was uh, Charles Siunsu. Um For the second time this season, he's gone away on international duty and not been available uh, when he's uh, returned. Well, in this case, he hasn't returned. Um, the latest is Charles Siunsu tested uh, positive for COVID 
just before he was due to fly back from international duty with Turkey. In the, he's still now in a bubble at the National Centre, just outside Istanbul, uh, um, isolating with the rest of the uh, the squad that tested positive. So highly, highly unlikely to feature in a, what is now a massive game uh, this weekend against West Ham United in the uh, the race for a top four spot. I mean, Leicester, after that defeat, on 56 points, four points above West Ham, who, who looked impressive again. Uh, last weekend, so a victory for West Ham, and that gap goes down to one point. And you got Chelsea and Tottenham and Liverpool. You know, three sides that uh, are re- really going to be um, tough. Uh, well, going to come strong, I think, in the in the closing stages of the of the season. And obviously, in Chelsea and Tottenham, there's a, a, a Leicester have got to face them in the final two games of the season. So, really big game for 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 Leicester this uh, this week, but without Suansu. Yeah, frustrating, isn't it, with Sonsu's situation? A sign of the times to a degree, but then even you know more um, of an issue <laughs> clubs who do so much work to protect their players and then they go away international duty and this situation arises and you're left sort of scratching your head a little bit, but there's only so much you can do about it, unfortunately. you just got to get on with the... The hand that you dealt really and you know i think Leicester have the capability to do that daniel marty didn't let anyone down last week so she would obviously get a pick in front of him um ideally but uh yeah listen you, you can effectively rule him out can't you at, at the weekend i think Leicester again will go with the back three to have that sort of insurance i think away from home at west ham was such a big game as you mentioned it, listen yeah i you're talking about ifs and buts. You know, if West Ham win, it's only a point and there perhaps there's a bit of a squeeze on. But you know, if Leicester win, <laughs> then the gap is seven points. So, you know, the, the, that's the mentality that Leicester have got to go into it with, I think. They don't want to go there fearful and thinking uh, if, if the worst might happen. If, if you go in like that, more often than not, it does. Go in positive. Not so long ago, they're beating Man U, the Whitman, Sheffield United. And everyone was singing Leicester's praises. There was big confidence about the camp. And again, I've mentioned the point before, Brendan Rodgers will be reiterating that to his players. Because it was only not so long ago that you're on such a high. And remember those performances. Take that mentality into the game at the weekend. West Ham have done exceptionally well, haven't they? I think they surprised probably even themselves how they've sustained their efforts. But I, I thought you saw sort of, you know, you saw deficiencies in them against Wolves. I mean, they've got off to a flying start, but were hanging on a bit towards the end, weren't they? And it was a bit of a scrambled victory, although a very important one. Um, so, listen, I don't think I don't think there's too much at this moment to be concerned about from Leicester's point of view, although there is a little sort of niggling doubt about, you know, the running with those three tough games at the end of the season. A lot of people will be hoping that the, the job can be done prior to that unlikely to, to, to be formalised by then. But listen, Leicester have picked up points against teams at the top, middle and bottom all throughout the season. And I don't see any reason why they can't continue to do so for the remainder of the campaign because they've certainly got the capabilities. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. 
Head over to MichelobeUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hello, listeners. Sorry to interrupt your show, but we've got a small favor to ask. We're currently doing a bit of a survey to find out more about you, your podcast listening habits, and the sort of adverts that are most relevant to you. If you feel like helping, please head to surveymonkey.com slash r slash athletic audio UK. That's pretty catchy, so I'll say it one more time. Surveymonkey.com slash r slash athletic audio UK. Thank you. It's been a long, hard season physically for the players, but how important psychologically is it? When you're coming into a, a final running like this and you, you've, you look at the fixtures and there's a bit of pressure and chat in the media as well, uh, and, and it also fresh in the mind will have been last season when they had such a strong position in the top four and it slipped away in rather strange circumstances, though, obviously with the restart after the, the pause in the campaign. None of that this year. Um how important then now is Brendan Rodgers and the psychology that he employs? Because he's massive on psychology, on man management, on communication. How on earth does he approach this last eight games and keep the players believing in themselves? Yeah, it was, it's a good question, isn't it? And one that Brendan will hope he has got the answers for him, himself because he'd be disappointed, wouldn't he, by the way... You know, if if not publicly to any great extent, certainly privately, that the season tailed off as it did um, last time out because you know they were in a wonderful position. I mean, so much hard work had been put in, so many scintillating performances, and your great results had not gone to waste, but weren't maximised, were they? And you know, in terms of Europe, not not Champions League qualifications, Europa League. Leicester fans weren't too disappointed about that at the time, you know, although it was, was a missed opportunity. But this year, you know, they've been consistently in the top four, haven't they? And, you know, top the table even at times. And you're thinking, come on, surely this time round. And I think, I think much of the work will be done for Brendan already. The players would have, I think one, they, they would have grown and matured from last season, you know, and developed that, extra resolve, if you like, to make sure it doesn't happen again. And the, and again, from Brendan's point of view, he would have learnt from his experiences. And I, I, I think I think Leicester were a bit tentative last year uh, in a pressurised situation. I think this time round, being more positive, um, more confident in themselves, in their ability to, you know, to, to go and attack the situation, like I just mentioned about West Ham. Don't go there thinking, oh... You know, West Ham are doing well. We, we we got turned over by Man City. Hopefully, if we've got a little bit of fortune, we can pinch a point. Go there and remind yourself of how good a team you are and the likelihood is that you'll get something out of the game at the very least. And I think they, they need to take that positivity, that, that frame of mind, into the rest of the games. And also in the confidence that they've got or the knowledge that they've got different ways of winning games. I think... Leicester were impressive 
you know, playing one style last year. And then when they had to tweak it a bit and find an alternative route, they struggled a bit and the, sort of the well ran dry to an extent, I think. Um, less so, less likely from my point of view this season. They can win games in different ways, as I've mentioned, and I'm sure they'll, they'll use that versatility to good effect with the remaining games. Well, absolutely. Well, in terms of uh, keeping your nerve in a running, uh, Leicester City women have won the championship. They're in the Premier League, the first season of turning pro, and they've romped the title. There's two games still to go. Um, they won it at, at their home ground at OB at the weekend. Fantastic scenes there. Um, it's a remarkable story because I did a feature early in the season about the Leicester City women, and it's like it's the lo- a love affair of one family with the uh, with the football club, the Morgans. The father's the chairman. That the the son is the manager. Uh, the elder daughter is the uh, general manager. The captain Holly is also a Morgan, and it's a remarkable um, story. But also, there's some, some fantastic stories as well throughout the team. And there's a, a, a defender called Ashley Plumptra who. Um, was born in Melton Mowbray and grown up a massive Leicester fan. Uh, went over to America and played for USC, the first Brit to play for USC. And obviously women's football was much bigger over there than it has been here. And uh, she's come back to the club she loves and taken them into the uh, the top league of uh, women's football in this country. It's it's a great story. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable, isn't it? You know, with the the, the first sort of season in, in, in the format that they are now, uh, in terms of sort of getting the back in officially from the club, the profile of the team has been raised and they produced the goods, haven't they? I, I saw that interview uh, that you were saying there um, about being born in Melton Mowbray going away. She, she was tearful, wasn't she, in the post-match interview? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just sort of overwhelmed. It meant so much to her and, and not, not in a, you know, pre set manner as such it 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 was genuine and there's so much hard work had gone into collective effort and to to turn things around or to make things happen as they did was was incredible because they uh london i can't remember the name of the the team now that they beat at the weekend they lost to 4-1 at home london city or something i think it was um uh, in the corresponding fixture earlier in the season. And from that time onwards, they've, they've gone undefeated. And uh, in fact, I think one 12 stroke 13 with that victory at the weekend on the trot to go and seal the league title with a couple of games to spare. And they looked to celebrate it in style as well. The manager was getting sprayed with champagne, wasn't he? And uh, yeah, good times. Nice to see Leicester City um, having a chance to celebrate and hopefully the men's team will uh, be able to do so at some stage later on in the season as well. But well done to everyone involved. I didn't realise it, it was a, a family affair, actually. And <laughs> that gives even better depth to the story, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. And and, and congratulations to the Leicester City, the, the, the club as well, for continuing to invest in times where we've obviously the pandemic has hit football hard financially and we've seen other clubs struggling 
to continue to finance their, their women's section. I mean, Birmingham City at the moment it seems to be in a, a right mess uh, in terms of their women's section as well as the men's section, to be honest. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, but Leicester continue to invest and uh, and they've got their rewards. It's um, it's great to the club, and hopefully, I echo your thoughts, Matt, that uh, we can have a double celebration at the end of the season, whether that be Champions League qualification uh, and uh, an FA Cup. I'm, I'm a bit greedy. I want both. This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League 2 after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. Premieres May 2nd on FX. Stream on Hulu. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Brought to your ears by The Athletic, I'm Adam Hurry and Football Clichés is the podcast you never knew you needed. Every week, to quite unnecessary depth, We examine the words, the phrases, the accepted wisdom, the mannerisms, the habits, the gestures, the symbols, the sounds and the smells that everyone takes for granted in football, but which really are the glorious glue that holds it all together. For example, have you ever really listened to the Football League goals roundups? I mean, really listen to them? Because they all sound pretty much like this. Team X went into this game with just one win in their last 13, and when Team Y took the lead inside four minutes at Stadium Z, the home fans were probably starting to fear the worst. But Striker A had other ideas, and this game turned on its head in the space of five minutes midway through the second half. First, a smart finish from the edge of the box brought Team X level, and he repeated the trick on the hour mark to bring his tally for the season to 22. By now, Team X were in the mood, and although striker A squandered a gilt-edge chance to complete his hat-trick, on-loan Dutchman winger B made it three with a curling effort from long range. Team Y's misery was compounded in stoppage time when midfielder C's late challenge on fullback D saw them reduced to ten men. An afternoon to forget for manager E's men then, but Team X will hope they have finally turned a corner under caretaker boss manager F. Listen to Football Clichés wherever you get your podcasts and also ad-free when you subscribe to The Athletic. Now, that's the great side of football. Um, but another feature I've been working on this week is now been published on The Athletic website. Um, it's one I've been working on for a while, speaking to um, a number of players who have struggled with life when the football is over, whether it's uh, coming to a natural end uh, in the case of Dean Hammond, uh, who was in his mid-30s when he's finally hung up his boots, or uh, whether it was, uh, you know, an injury that's, uh, or in Mark O'Brien, the former Newport County defender's case, it was open heart surgery that ended his uh, career. And they've all struggled to adjust. I mean, for some of these players, 
football is all they've known from you know very very young age when they've joined academies it's their life they've committed themselves to it they they live in a footballing bubble and when that bubble bursts when the game is over a lot of them struggle with their with how to proceed with their life how to find new direction and uh, Dean Hammond has set up um, a support group now that um, is trying to do that because he personally really struggled with it and he admitted to me, to me that one day he was walking with his wife and uh, three daughters um, through a park and somebody came up to them and said, uh, you're Dean Hammond, aren't you? And his natural instinct was to say, uh, I used to be. Uh, because <laughs> when football was over, he, he felt like he didn't have, he'd lost his identity. Um, so there's some really stark stories in there and certainly Chris Kirkland is another one that, I mean, he confessed to me that uh, he stood on top of a, a rooftop in Portugal uh, during a pre-season tour with Barry right at the end of his career. And it wasn't just his career he was contemplating ending, it was his life. Yeah. And uh, it, luckily, he stepped back from the edge there in more ways than one and uh, is now really doing well working with Liverpool. So there's, there's some horrendous stories uh, of how players struggle to adapt again to life back in Civvy Street. Yeah, and those those stories are just the tip of the iceberg, unfortunately, Rob, aren't they? Um, you know, it's a sad but true reality that that so many, so many players struggle with it. Um, not all of them are highlighted, and it is a genuine problem. Uh, listen, it's part and parcel of life, but you, you, without going too in depth about it, you. you the, the old adage, you know, you never think that football's going to stop. And even when you know in the back of your mind it is, but you're 25, you think I'll be okay. And, uh, you know, until I'm, I ain't got to worry about it till my mid 30s, maybe. And then it's an issue. Even then, with myself, I was fortunate enough to play till I was 36. Um, up until the last six months, I kept thinking, oh, I'll think about it properly because I'll nick another year, even if it meant going down you know, down the leagues as such. I thought I could play with my style of game to sort of 38, 39 even. You know, I could never run properly, even in my prime. So I thought, you know, I, I kept thinking I'll delay it another year. All of a sudden, snuck up on me. And uh, it did become difficult. And, you know, for myself, I'm quite a sort of level-headed person. I like to think and you know, deal with the ups and downs of life. Um, not everyone's the same. And... But some people, Matt Piper, for instance, I'm sure he won't mind me mentioning him. You know, at the world was his was his oyster at one stage, and then injuries took their toll, and he finished early. And it's you know semi well documented how difficult he found it. Pretty much to a man, I could say the Leicester City lads that I played with have all found it difficult to different degrees some sort of financially, some to find that motivation, some to find that direction. Um, and it's affected them and not always mildly, you know, to, to quite, to quite an extent. Myself, um, my, my, again, without going too deep on it, but my, my sort of, <laughs> my way of life imploded almost, you know, for different reasons. And, my career ended, my marriage ended, which is a bit of a stereotypical statistic. Not it so is. long, yeah, massively, not so long afterwards. Financially, I had a disaster investment wise, and, um, you know, and all these issues. And it was, it was like a triple whammy a little bit. And it was difficult. It was difficult. But, you know, you, you get on with things. And 
I, I've spoken to you about it to an extent off the record and saying, uh, you know, about how to sort of change things around. And it took a while. It took a while. I was, long story short, again, I, I was captain of the club, Leicester City. Um, and two years later, I was working for Leicester City Community uh, as a coach because that was the only sort of employment that I could I could find a way into. A little bit of a mistake of mine and I was earning £50 a day. <laughs> and I've come from, you know, literally that quick. Things can change that quickly, doesn't it? But that that was sort of a bit of my story. I, I've also experienced. Well, just going back to the last point. Sorry, I was. I said to you, Rob, that I've treated it in a positive aspect. That I was doing things that I never thought I would a couple of years prior. But then I looked upon it and said, Look, I'm meeting people and doing things that I wouldn't have done before. So I, I looked at that as. A, a new experience and you know, a positive experience that getting into situations and or environments that I wouldn't do ordinarily doesn't have to be a negative thing. You know, turn it round and flip it into a positive. But um, I, I've also had the experience that Dean has had in, in a similar but slightly different way. Not so long ago, I was on holiday with my children and girlfriend and mum and uh, some lads came over, Millwall fans, as it turns out to be, and they're looking at me a bit funny and they went, oh, I know you. Didn't you <laughs> used to be Matt Elliott? <laughs> I was like, um, yeah, I'm probably the one you're thinking of, um, but I'm still that bloke as well. And they, Oh, sorry, didn't mean it like that. But it, it's funny <laughs> how that comes across and, you know, you, you can take it. But for Dean to say it himself is, yeah, that is a you know, a sort of statement of, of how he views it. And I can understand how he finds it difficult. Although Dean hasn't even retired that long and he's kept himself busy and occupied. And he's probably one of the more positive-minded lads around. There are many... He is uh, now. He is now, Matt. Yeah, he wasn't at first, yeah. Yeah, he, he had sort of alcohol issues, didn't he? I, I've heard yeah. he's mentioned that. And, you know, Dean's quite articulate, um, you know, sort of quite clear-minded, uh, fellow, but you know some people who who get their heads clouded, as I'm sure Dean did. It can really be a major problem. Oh, absolutely. Well, uh, hopefully uh, the game will address this as well. I mean, I know there's support out there. Dean's set up his own um, company to help um, ex uh, pros, and also the PFA have got some schemes available. I think more needs to be done, and hopefully yeah, it will 100%. get done. Uh, Matt, thank you very much, mate, for all your time again this week. Looking forward to the big game at the weekend. It's going to be huge. A huge, huge, Rob, it will be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Lots riding on it. I, I don't think it's make or break whatsoever. But uh, as you mentioned, there's lots of teams who are sort of lurking just, <laughs> just under the radar, aren't they? Leicester need to sort of deal with their business, which I, I expect them to do. Uh, yeah, West Ham, good side these days. So are Leicester City and lads need to go out and show it again at the weekend. I'm confident as well. I, th I mean, I know West Ham beat them 3-0 at King Power Stadium and did to Leicester what Leicester did to Man City. So hopefully um, the tide will turn the other way as well and Leicester can do to West Ham what Man City did to them last week. So uh, I'm looking forward to, to that one. So Matt, thank you very much and we'll see you again next week on the podcast. And to all our listeners, join us again next time. The Athletic. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. 
Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.